Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Now, we are uh, pretty much everybody and their brother is in a lockdown right now from this magnificent thing that's going on in the world that has made everybody kind of work from home. So we've got Aaron Botsford, our guest today, on the phone. And uh, if you haven't heard of Aaron Botsford, here's the deal. I don't know where the heck you've been because uh, she's been everywhere in our industry really for like the last 20 years. She has been contributing a lot when she was an advisor, then she pseudo-retired and now has created the Elite Advisor Success System, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. But Aaron, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So Aaron, I start off all of these with people like you in the same way. I'd like to know a little bit more about your history. You started in financial services at a very interesting time as a woman. So let's tell everybody kind of where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Well, yeah. So you're right. I started in 1989. So that's what, 31 years ago. And I was a young girl. Uh, We had just moved to Panama City, Florida. My husband was a fighter pilot. And I went looking for a job as a secretary. And I walked into a stock brokerage house and the branch manager took me aside and said, honey, I think I'm going to give you a chance at becoming a stock broker. And I'm like, what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what a stock, a bond, a mutual fund. I knew nothing. I, we didn't have a dime to our name. And but I thought, okay. <laughs> he made it sound like it was really good. I'm like, okay. So he, I studied for my Series 7 and then I went off for a three-week training program. And when I came back, this man said, you know, I'd like to see your business plan. And I'm thinking, what in the world is a business plan? And remember, there was no Google back then. So I literally went to the local library and I'm like, look it up. What's a business plan? I found a sort of a, an outline. So I put together my business plan and I presented it to him. <laughs> and he said, honey, this is about the best business plan I've ever seen. And that, the truth was, it was the only business plan he'd ever seen because he never asked the guys for that. So yeah, I was cool with that. But the next thing he said was, and again, it's the deep south, and they used to say honey all the time, and we weren't offended by it. He said, honey, he says, I just don't, I just don't want you to be disappointed when you fail. And I'm like, why do you think I'm going to fail? And he goes, honey, you are a recipe for disaster. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, this is never going to work. You're young, a female in the south. It's absolutely never going to work. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I just couldn't believe he was, I mean, that was his motivation. You know, Matt, just from my, my own personal background and my fortitude and just my DNA, I always tell people that was a defining moment for me because I literally put on my big girl, scarlet O'Hara panties and I said, you know what, as God is my witness, I'm going to prove that man wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I did. I worked really hard. Again, Panama City, Florida, didn't know one person there outside of my you know, my husband and, you know, as a military officer, a junior officer, he didn't make any money, nor did we know anybody that had any money. So I started doing daytime seminars at the public libraries and I'd always pray for rain. And why was that? Because think about it, Panama City, Florida, is where all the snowbirds from Ohio and all the northern states would come down for for the winter. And if I prayed prayed for rain, you know, the guys would generally come because they couldn't play golf. (laughs) So I built my, I know it's crazy. So, you know, I, I, one of the big, the early struggles I had was, I mean, I was so afraid and I, I, I was very afraid of marketing, very afraid of prospecting. 
I was afraid of my own shadow. And so I had an early mentor. His name was Augie Yankee. And I always tell people I like to give him props because he said something very providential, I would say, to me. And he said, Aaron, now, by the way, Augie, his, he was a very, excuse me, very successful broker. His wife was a medical doctor. And he was tied to a lot of the country club folk who were over on the west side of town. Everybody on the east side of town were military, generally. That's kind of the way the town was divided. And he said, Aaron, I noticed something about your prospecting efforts. He said, you seem to always be on the east side of town where nobody has any money. <laughs> he said, I don't know why you're not prospecting on the west side of town where all the money is. Hmm. And you know what? This is really embarrassing to say, but at the time, I never made that connection. I mean, somehow I really thought that just by being out there and being in front of people, I was going to be successful instead of realizing that the people I was in front of had no money and couldn't use my services. But I mean, that's how naive I was way back then. Mm. So finally, I started doing more seminars on the west side of town where all the money was and, you know, started to have some, some success. Unfortunately, three and a half years later, my husband was transferred. We actually got out of the military and he joined American Airlines. And to this day, he's a pilot for American. And we moved to Dallas, Texas, where I knew absolutely no one. <laughs> so I had to start all over again. You know, I did what I did when I first went to Panama City. First stop I made was to the Chamber of Commerce. And I did the same thing in Texas. I went to the Chamber of Commerce. The first person that was there, I asked her to go to lunch. And I created it something that I teach my students. I, I call it my out to lunch bunch. And this woman, her name was, I don't want to say her name because she's probably still around, but she was very kind. And all I did was I used a technique called compliment and ask questions. And so the whole hour we were able to, I was able to talk about her and what did she do? And, and at the end, I was by giving her the gift of talking about her only. I was able to then ask her, you know, I've enjoyed our time together so much. Like, who are the other major movers and shakers in, in this town that I should know? And so not only did she give me their names, but I also then said, would you mind making an introduction? Oh, my gosh, of course. So it's a long story, but I really built my business. I always had three different types of marketing going on. And around the 10th year, I, I finally was, I was having marginal success, but nothing to write home about. And so I finally, I was getting frustrated and one of my branch managers said, Hey, you know, why don't you go get some business coaching? So I decided to go get business coaching. And this mat is where everything changed. So I'm in the third year of business coaching, the 12th session. And we were all asked to stand up and find somebody in our class and just report our progress over those past three years. And I'm telling you, I couldn't wait you know, for this, this whole session. I knew it was coming and I was so excited because I really felt like I'd made a lot of progress. So I stand up and I'm randomly paired with this guy named Paul. And being so excited, I'm like, I want to go first. So I said, hey, my name is Aaron Botsford. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Three years ago, I was struggling to do $300,000 a year in production. But now I'm on target to do somewhere between 400 and 450. And I'm thinking to myself, woohoo, like, look at me. <laughs> and then it was Paul's turn. And Paul says, hey, I'm, you know, a financial advisor. I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. And three years ago, I was doing $300,000 as well. And I'm like, oh, look at that. We're just alike. And then Paul said the words I will never forget. 
He said, three years ago, I was doing 300,000, but today I'm on target to do somewhere around 3 million. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3 million production. And then he says, (laughs) and by the way, my wife, she just won the Bill Phillips Body for Life contest. So now I'm in the process of also building a gym. So next year, I'm going to own two companies. I'll own a financial services company and I'll own a gym. Wow. And if you could have heard a pin drop, I was like, what? <laughs> Did you just tell me you went from 300,000 to 3 million in three years? He goes, yep. And, and the other thing he said is, I don't meet with all the clients anymore. I built a whole team around me. And my job is to go out and market and prospect and bring in new clients. And my team, you know, I've set them up for success and they actually meet with and service all of my clients. I'm like, what? And of course, they ring the bell, ding, 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 time to go back to our seats. And I'm standing there, Matt, if you can imagine that. The ALS bucket challenge. That's what, like, that's what the moment was like. I'm like, I was just dripping wet going, I, I mean, it was, I was just flabbergasted. So before I went back to my seat, I go, um, um, Paul, Paul, uh, could, could I please, like, could I just bar, you know, buy a few hours of your time? And he was so gracious. And he came back. He said, sure. In fact, why don't you come spend a day with me and my team? Ugh. So long story short, I went back to Dallas. I, I, I made my husband go with me because I, and this is how a lot of advisors think, you know, I, I thought I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do, but I want my under, my husband to understand that, you know, if I'm going to do this, probably going to mean, you know, I never see him. I never see yeah. our son. You know, I've got, I wanted my husband to buy off on these things that Paul was going to tell me I had to do. But instead, you know, it was so different. The advice Paul gave me was so different from that. It was it was just the opposite. I ended up having way more time with my husband and my son. And a few short later, I too did 3 million in production, hmm. 4 million, 5 million. And my business just kept growing. So that really was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so much fun for me now. And I'll stop in just a minute, but it's so much fun for me now to basically take everything that I learned and pour that into advisors today. So, well, I, I absolutely, and, and this is the story. If for those of you who have been following, Aaron's career. I mean, when when you ended up, and I'm air quoting, retiring, when you, when you when you stopped being an active financial advisor, at least in some iteration, I mean, your practice was worth what? Was worth what? No, that's what I'm asking. I, yeah, I, I, I prefer not to take say. Oh, 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 okay, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. But uh, so so that was a very leading question, by the way, because that's part of what you talk about in this elite advisor success system is being able to build a practice that you're able to sell successfully at a multiple that's much greater and provide way more of a, an ease and transition and also a more valuable practice. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's a very fair statement. And the only reason I don't like to say what my business value was, because I don't want to limit anybody else. I, oh. I, I don't want that to influence what they could possibly get gotcha. for their business. Yeah, so. that totally makes sense. So I love I love your history because there are so many defining points in that that in in looking at what you're offering now, all of this is sprinkled within your elite advisor success system. So let's talk about that. You know, as a top advisor marketing podcast, we're always interested in the ways that you teach other people how to successfully market and position themselves in the marketplace, especially when it comes to this, Aaron, which is that whole piece at the end of their practice, right? When they're about to sell years leading up to that. So, so let's talk about that. What, what do you cover in the program for that? Well, the first thing I try and do is I have to, I have to reiterate that an advisor's practice has very limited value if it depends on them showing up every day. And I'll give you a case in point. This is sad, but 
The same day that the buyer bought my firm, he also bought another woman's firm. She had about the same amount of you know, assets under management. She had about the same amount of profitability. Unfortunately for her, she'd had a massive stroke. And her clients were all dependent on meeting with her. So I'm not sure exactly what she got, but I heard through the grapevine, it was something like on the scale of 25 cents on the dollar compared to what I got. Because I spent the last, let's say, 10 years of my career where I built it so no client was ever expecting to meet with me. I sold the philosophy of our firm. Now, I was still the primary rainmaker because that's what I love. I do that just naturally, right? Now I do that. I didn't do that 30 years ago naturally. I had to learn to make it natural. And that's what I teach my advisors too. But I think the big thing is, you know, advisors do not think of their, what they do every day as a business. They don't think like business owners. I mean, the, the, the CEO of UPS doesn't deliver packages. And I try and, if I can get that point across to them, like I use an example of McDonald's. And let's say, I say, advisors, what if you didn't go into the financial services business? You decided to invest in McDonald's franchises. So you have one on the north side of town, one on the south, one on the east, and one on the west side of town of wherever you live. And my question is always, in which McDonald's franchise would you be in the back flipping burgers? And the answer is none of them. And so what ends up happening in our world, and I think it's because of a lack of training, really, is that we, our industry hasn't caught up with the idea of being a business owner. Our industry, when I was hired, I was hired to be a stockbroker. I was supposed to sell stuff. And, so to, and I was a good salesperson. But but now, we, what we want in our industry, the advisors, we really want to be business owners. We want to create value. I mean, I got a really big check, you know, and, and that's what I wanted to build. Like, these advisors need to really think out, like, will you, will you be getting a big check at the end of this rainbow? Or will you get a nice ring or, or you know, a, a plaque? And so, depending on what you want. So, I, what I try and do is I really have to start with the mindset of a business owner and get them there. And then the next course, we have five courses in our system. The next one is all on marketing and prospecting. And I talk about the nine different ways I used in my 30-year career to market and prospect and bring in new business. And I always advise my advisors to have, always have three things going simultaneously. Okay. And there's an art to that. Then, then the next course is called my secret sauce. And it really is exactly what did I say when I got in front of a prospect, when they came to my office, I mean, it's so granular. It talks about how they should be greeted, how they should be seated. You know, the woman should always be seated at the head of the table. The man should be seated, you know, and on, on the side of the table when he's looking at you. There's nothing to distract him. I mean, there's just an art form to all of this. Because what I'm trying to do is set them up for the greatest success that that prospect is just going to say yes to their value proposition. And then the fourth course is called the, the elite assistant, I will actually train their assistants. And I'm telling you, we get more response from that because there's so little training in the industry for the assistants. And I want to graduate those assistants. I want them to become junior you know, financial planners. I want them meeting with the, the clients, especially we start off, how do you transition your clients from you to those people who work for you? Well, first you start off with the C and D clients. Then the next year you work on the B clients and finally the A. And I will say that, you know, advisors are so afraid to do that. 
And they're, 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 it's a control thing. Like, well, well, what happens? You know, what if they say the wrong thing? Well, you don't allow that. That's called training. And you don't do it in one year. You do it over a period of two or three years or four years or five years. But you've got to get there at some point. And then finally, the last course is called the machine. And that's, you know, all my compensation models. I had you know, 18 employees and they all did different things. And I wanted them all to be compensated in the manner that it would give them the most incentive. In other words, I, w- I wanted to see, I compensated them based on their behaviors. What did I want them to get done? And I always kept like their base salaries were really low. And I always had their quarterly bonuses as, you know, a very large portion of their, of their compensation. Because now I have to tell you this too. I spent a lot of time away from the office. I decided to live my life. I spent in 2015, I took six months off and I went to India for a month. I went to Asia for a month. I went to Africa for a month. And then I took the summer off and I kind of did that as an experiment. I really wanted to see what do I have here? Do I really have a business? And that year, 2015 was a record year for us. So it was super cool to be able to come back and congratulate my people for having created a record year for our firm. And so once I knew, I, I mean, I knew I was onto something and that's when I, I decided to write a book, Seven Figure Firm, which I'm hoping everybody, I'm, I'm going to give you a free download if you want it. And then I created a program, come spend the day with us. I created all this stuff because I had time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I still own the company, but I was not needed. So that was kind of cool. It's unbelievably cool. And I love it when people decide to give back to their industry because you know, mentoring, coaching, consulting, uh, there are so few people coming into our industry, which is scary. And having people like you to look up to, Aaron, and not just to look up to because you're an amazing human, but because you built all of these great systems that are truly repeatable in other people's practices. But I want to highlight something that you just said there, which makes me happier than anything. The most successful business people that I've run into in my life are, are really people who the business isn't about them. It's about something greater. And that's really what you built. You built something that was much, much greater than you that ended up not being fiercely dependent on you. So you could be the visionary of the organization consistently working on the business instead of working in the business. And that's part of this whole elite advisor success system, right? That's correct. And the other thing I do want to point out, what was really cool was when when I sold the company, uh, I was already working on some of these things because I really knew I wanted to give back to the industry because I just hate to see people struggle like I did. And it's so unnecessary. And I tell people, mine is not a coaching program, okay? Mine is it's a way to model. Just do what I tell you to do. Say these words when you get in front of a prospect. Do this, do that. It's a modeling program because I, to me, I would be a terrible coach. If you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it, I just, you know, I just have to kill you or something. So <laughs> not, I would never be, I'd never be a good coach, but I am a great person to model. And that's what we, uh, that's what I have decided to do. But the other thing that something that was very important to my husband and I is we have an orphanage in Zambia and we serve and support 500 little children who have no mommies and no daddies. And so what was super cool was when I sold the company, Bob and I looked at each other, we said, you know, we have enough, we're done. And so we said that anything we do from now on, including this elite advisor success system, whatever money we make, we give 50% of it to our orphanage in Zambia. So that's been really, really, you know, super fulfilling because now I'm getting, it's like a double, it's like a double win. I get to give back to the industry that allowed this girl. I came from abject poverty. Someday we'll have to talk about that, but not today. 
I came from poverty. I became a, one of a, a Barron's top 100 advisor, and I get to give back to my industry. That I love that, but I also get, need. I also get to feed kids who have no mommies and no daddies, and that's yeah. super cool too. Well, and for those of you, if you have been on the fence so far this year in 2020 about you know entering into a relationship with somebody who you can model, just think about how super freaking cool that is, right? So not only are you going to get proven information to help you market and grow your practice, build a great team and all of those sorts of things. But you're also feeding kids, man. I mean, that's, that's like a, you're right. It's a double, it's a double whammy, not just for you in a positive way, but it's also, it, it can also feed people's souls who are utilizing your program because they know that you're using some of that money for, for really, really good and, in, in helping the less fortunate. And Aaron, that's really cool. Thanks. Now, let's talk brass tacks here. At the end of the podcast, I try to ask a couple of more um, philosophical questions, and you answered one of them already, but I'm going to ask you it in a different way. So when you get, like, what is the piece of advice, right? So whether it was the, the gentleman that you met in, in, in Texas or, or whoever has been your mentor, in life, when you look back and you say, that was just the unbelievable piece of advice that I'd like to share with other people. What would that piece of advice be? Um, I think if I'm going to share a piece of advice to a, a group of financial advisors, it is thinking like a business owner is you've really got to get there. And something they don't like to hear, but it's true, is if you have to be the smartest person in the room, the problem with that is you have to be in the room. Mm. So what I decided was, yes, I wanted to be look smart and wise and you know, sophisticated and all those things. Yes, I did. But my, more importantly, I set a goal for myself after my day with Paul that I wanted to have seven conference rooms filled with clients of my firm and I was someplace else. Hmm. And you know, that's what happened. I had an office in Dallas. I had one in Atlanta. I had seven conference rooms on any given day. All of them would be full with clients coming in for reviews or prospects being, you know, prospected or something. And so I could only do that because I was able to check my ego at the door. And so the, the advice is if you can check your ego at the door and start empowering other people so that they get to look smart in the room, then you get to build a business. But if you can't get out of your own way that way, it's really tough. Well, and Aaron, I, I found that when I was a consultant is a lot of the advisors that I would work with couldn't get out of their own way because of their need, sometimes seemingly genetically, for control. How did you overcome that? I mean, what made you an amazing financial services professional also a lot of times could not necessarily make you the greatest delegator of management, manager of people. The way I did it was, again, I saw it modeled. Paul was who I modeled and I wanted the results that he was getting. And so I just made a decision. Okay. And really I always say everything changes at that point of decision. And I, I sent out um, an email to my database yesterday. And again, we'll put this for anybody that wants it. You're going to get access to some information from us. But in this case, I said right now it's a really scary time for the general, for everybody, right? General public, the market advisors, but I gave them three things to think about. And one of them was, now is the time to decide you're going to dominate your industry. Because it was in 2008, mm -hmm. which was a pretty scary time, Matt. You know, at the very bottom, I decided, I made a decision. You know what? I'm going to use this time and I'm going to dominate Dallas. Because mm -hmm. I already dominated Atlanta. I wanted to dominate Dallas. And guess what happened? Mm -hmm. That happened. So all my, ex when you make a decision, like I'm going to build a financial services company that someday I can sell. 
or I'm going to, you know, it's that decision that will drive the act, the activity. The problem is most of them don't ever really take the time to, to define what they want the end game to look like. Yep. And I knew what I wanted my end game. I want, I knew exactly what I wanted my end game. When I was ready to exit the business, I wanted somebody to write me a really big check. Yep. That was it. Well, and it is now is the time because as you had said early on in the podcast, or maybe this was when we were just chatting at the beginning, which which was, you know, a lot of advisors are hiding under their desks. They're not necessarily proactively communicating. And that piece that you just put out really does give them some really great talking points to make it so that they can feel a lot more comfortable in control of what's going on. Here's the thing. You don't have to write these things. There are people out there who are like Aaron who have, or they know exactly what to say because they've said it so many times through very, very many different market cycles. I mean, well, I'm sorry, you said you started in 89? 89, yeah. 89. So you were in 91, right? 01. I mean, every major, I mean, for the last, yep. you were totally an advisor during that time. So of course, you know how to handle it. Now let's talk about some, some of the super cool things that you're doing for our audience. Cause I really appreciate this. You know, anytime that somebody like you comes on a show one to drop the thought wisdom that you did and thought leadership, we really appreciate it, but we're going to have some links in the show notes. Would do you want to talk a little bit about some of the cool things that they're yeah. going to be able to get in the show notes? Sure, sure. So the links are going to be, first of all, I wrote a book called Seven Figure Firm, How to Build a Financial Services Business That Grows Itself. It sells retail for about $39, and I'm going to give them a digital copy for free. So that'll be one of the links. And it's a really good sort of an overview of what we talked about today. That book ended up becoming my course, The Elite Advisor Success System. Hmm. And that, that system retails for $1,997. But anybody that comes from this podcast, and we'll go ahead and put a code, I'm going to give you $1,000 off. Oh. So for $997, you can learn everything I know. And I know that's ridiculous, but here's the deal, Matt. I could give this all away for free. But I also learned in my, the course of my career, people value what they pay for. Yeah. And so I really, I, I want them to have skin in the game. I want them to take it seriously. And so this whole course can be available to them because of you, you know, in our prior discussions at 997. So I'm super happy to you know, provide that. And again, we'll come up with a code and it'll be on your notes. Yep. And then lastly, I do want to provide them with this, these talking points that I sent out to my database yesterday, and it might help them because the one thing I do want them to know right now, though, is this clients want to hear from you. They want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you can get by with sending them email communications and you can hide behind that screen. That's that's not going to work. So what you want to do is you have to secure your your current marketplace and you've got to call every single client. Mm -hmm. You can start from the A's down to the D's, but you got to call them. They want to hear your voice right now. And by doing that, you will secure. I mean, all they want to know is they want to hear your voice, that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll get through this. Everything's going to be okay. You'll get more referrals. You'll, that's how you start to dominate whatever city that you're in is by getting out in front of it and not hiding behind emails. In fact, Aaron, I think what we're going to do is since it's going to be a little while before this podcast airs, I am going to get that document from you and I'm going to post it today okay. on LinkedIn to offer it to everybody. Cause that's where all of our listeners pretty much come from. So Three amazing pieces of value, you know, 30 minutes of wonderful thought leadership. Aaron, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. If you haven't checked out Erin Botsford on LinkedIn or on her website, make sure that you look in the show notes, but just Google Erin uh, Botsford. You're going to find so many unbelievable things that she's put out, including the book, including some of the articles that were written about her in major trade magazines. And she is fully giving away a lot of great information for an unbelievable price. If you know somebody who really needs to hear this and who you've been talking to that, you know, I'm looking for something that I can just model and, you know, so I don't really have to think too deeply about it. I just want to do something that I know works. Please make sure that you share this podcast with your friends, other financial services professionals, because heck, they can get this thousand dollars off her course and the free ebook. So for Aaron Bosford and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, guess what? We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.